0: What If You Knew podcast, real-life lessons from those who have already learned them, produced by Coastal Alabama Community College Ambassadors, with support provided by the Baldwin County Community Alliance.
1: Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What If You Knew. I'm Christopher Kelly.
0: And I'm Rebecca Campbell.
1: We're back for another episode on suicide. Have you ever thought about killing yourself? this is such a direct and powerful question. Having to ask someone you love and care about this question on is not easy, but not asking can be an indescribable feeling of guilt. So many people think someone who attempts suicide is out of their mind, yet an individual without any mental disorder or diagnosis may attempt suicide. There is not Of a one-size-fits-all to why someone is at a higher risk to consider attempting or die by suicide. The list is long. Before we go any further into this topic, it's important to know some of the warning signs to look for. Number one, talking about wanting to die or kill themselves. Number two, looking for a means to kill themselves number three talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live number four talking about feeling trapped or in unbearable pain number five talking about being a burden to others number six giving away past possessions or personal belongings number seven increasing use of alcohol or drugs number eight acting anxious or agitated behaving recklessly Number nine, sleeping too much or too little. Number 10, withdrawal or isolating themselves. Number 11, showing rage or seeking revenge. And number 12, extreme mood swings.
0: Knowing and using the correct language when discussing suicide is also important. Suicide is also defined by the National Institute of Mental Health as death caused by self-directed injurious behavior with the intent to die as a result. A suicide attempt is a non-fatal, self-directed, potentially injurious behavior with the attempt to die as a result. For planning suicide, avoid using the terms committed suicide or successful-slash-failed suicide when referring to actual suicides and attempts. Instead, use the term died by suicide. Some important facts and statistics on suicide are, number one, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., Number two, on average, there are 130 suicides per day. Number three, suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between between the ages of 10 to 34, fourth leading cause of death between the ages 35 to 44. In 2019, there were nearly 2.5 times as many suicides as there were homicides in the U.S. In 2019, 47,511 Americans died by suicide with an estimated 1.38 suicide attempts. In 2019, firearms were the most common method used in suicide deaths in the U.S., accounting for a little over half of all sudden, all suicide deaths. The prevalence of serious suicidal thoughts as well as suicide attempts was highest among young adults, 18 to 25. In 2019, 12 million adults ages 18 plus reported having serious thoughts of suicide.
1: There are several ways that you can offer help to someone who may be Any emotional distress the question we started this podcast off with is one of the biggest ways you can help someone you must be specific as well don't dance around the question often people show concerns that discussing something could be putting the, the thought in their head but there is plenty of research showing that asking someone if they are having thoughts of suicide does not increase the chances they will attempt suicide or increase their suicidal thoughts be there to hear them out and try to learn and understand what they are thinking and feeling help help this person get connected to resources and people that can help them then stay connected keep in touch and check in on them all right so we got two special guests with us for this episode today first off we have lauren how you doing, Lauren? I'm good. How are you? And then we got Christian. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. We're so glad to have you guys. So real quick, y'all go ahead and share with us like y'all story and um, we'll go from there.
2: Well, um, as he said, my name is Lauren and basically I am a victim of suicide, of a potential commit, suicide commit. Um my suicide attempt, uh, took place back when I was in college and basically, um, it started off with a situational depression, um, a little bit of anxiety and, um, and a little bit of just not wanted to carry on, carry out life. I lost interest in pretty much everything. So it was, it was really tough for me. So, um, those are the things that Caused me to have my episode. Um, Some of the things that triggered me to get to that point was as a child, I dealt with a lot of traumatic experiences. Um, Basically, I was a victim of being bullied. Um, I always felt like I was the causing part of causing a burden in my home, even though my parents never made me feel that way. Um, I went through a lot of different things that made me feel as if I was a burden. And it carried over into college. I always felt like I was alone. I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends ever. Um, Still to this day, I don't have a lot of friends. And now I've learned to accept and be okay with that. Just a little bit about my story. I can remember being a child. I was diagnosed with ADHD uh, in the second grade. I was placed on medication. um, And in second grade, they started me on um, Ritalin and it was like the most embarrassing thing for me because it was like uh, people would refer to it when it's crazy medicine and it would really hurt me because I was like dang I'm crazy you know and things of that nature and not only that um back then you know teachers would say things and You know, and those things that were being said really affected me, not only in the back of my mind, but they will always just kind of revisit me. Um, I had a teacher who was standing in the class and said, did you take your crazy medicine and things of that nature? And it really bothered me um, really, really badly. That opened up the door for the children to start picking and things of that nature. I have a story about like when I was in the sixth grade, um, and this is where my downfall and depression started taking place uh, through uh, constantly being bullied. Um, In sixth grade, um, I went to that was my first year going to a regular school, private school, I'm not not private school, public school, um, without going to um, the traditional school or magnet school. Um, And it was a massive transition for me and it was just very traumatic. Um, I went to school, caught the bus every day. Um, I would walk from my house to the corner stop, um, just maybe not quite a mile from the house. It was just about a half a mile where my bus stop was located. And I would try to catch the bus there. But the kids at the bus stop who lived in my neighborhood, they were already, already, always very mean to me and they would pick at me no matter what I did, no matter what I wore. And the crazy part about it was guys, we were in uniforms then, you know. So it was really crazy that they still could find things to pick you know pick about I can remember getting on the bus, they would you know joke on my glasses joke on my uh my hair even though I would have hair and some of the girls wouldn't even have hair and they would still joke on my hair obviously because they were miserable with themselves but at that time I couldn't understand that so you know I would go home and say can I cut my hair and things of that nature um, and then um, when I got on the bus, they would throw things at me because my mom would always make me, tell me to sit in front of the bus or whatever just to stay out of trouble and just make sure I was safe because I was not experienced with riding the bus, you know. So the kids would throw paper at me. They would throw whatever they could find and put their hands on. They would throw it up there. And it was another kid up there with me. I wasn't the only kid. It was just, it was very traumatic. Um, they would call me names or, or what have you. And it just, it, it just really took a toll on me. And the fact that um, I just really got tired of that I can remember um, getting on the bus one day and I just sat there and I just closed my eyes and I kept my eyes closed until I got to school because it made me feel better. It just helped me find a place of comfort until it was all over and they would get off the bus and I would sit there until I was the last one off the bus. So like I wouldn't get pushed or anything like that, you know, and basically what ended up happening was um, when the kids got off the bus, they would still make little joking gestures and I closed my eyes and let them pass by and I had on my little glasses (laughs) and uh, let them pass by and get off the bus or whatever. Um, But it was, it was everything, everyday thing. It was just continuous. So it really got, you know, pretty annoying. Um, The day that really, really set me off was uh, pretty much I would say the bus driver would see what was going on, but the kids are so bad. The bus driver would, you know, get the children, they would get suspended and then they would come back after they'd been suspended for picking and doing the things that they would do and they would retaliate even worse because they were suspended. You know, it was just really crazy. And they would call me, you know, a snitch and stuff. And because I was a snitch, I can remember like two weeks later after they were off suspension or what have you at the bus stop, they took my glasses and threw it down the drain and my keys and they took my lanyard and just tossed it. Um, one of them sick their dog at me because they know I was scared of dogs at that time. I'm not scared of dogs no more. And the dog would chase me around and they would laugh. You know, and the dog never bit me, but I was just afraid. It was a little dog, but I was so afraid and it really hurt. So those things were some of the things that led into my traumatic experience. So now as I got to college, when I was getting, when I would get, feel embarrassed or get humiliated or anything, it would really send me into a dark place and it remind me of those times when I had to experience all those things, you know, always having to defend myself. I became a fighter and it just, it got really crazy for me. And I'm grateful to be able to talk about it. Um, but my experience in college, I was diagnosed with situational depression um, at the doctor's office and um, basically went in, you know, they tried to give me medicine for it. I almost failed out of college because of it. Um, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't get up and open the door. Um, luckily, one of my friends had a key. They would come in and check on me, but I didn't want to move. I would bathe. That's the most that I would do. I wasn't eating a whole lot. I lost so much weight. Um, and, you know, I tried to, you know, cut my wrist um and thinking that that was going to solve everything but I woke up the next morning so obviously I didn't do it right but I did try and um I did have to go through uh, a lot of counseling um and things of that nature um and it, it was just a traumatic experience but I'm grateful today that I am strong enough to talk to everyone else about it and let them know that that was my experience and many people don't know that Lauren you know experienced that
1: That's good. That's good right there. And thank you for sharing your story with us. So Christian, do you have anything to share with us?
3: Well, let's start. Suicide is definitely no joke. My my dear friend, Dakota, his sister had committed suicide our senior year in high school. Um, This was, I think, the week close to finals. And I'm not gonna lie and say she was a real good friend of mine. She was, you know, an indirect friend. I had common friends with her. She was a real nice person, you know, real quiet, laid back, but she would also like to have fun and stuff. But nobody knew what she was really going through. And I remember one afternoon, I got home from practice and um, my ex-girlfriend called me crying saying that Destiny had committed suicide. And it was all over the news. They found her hanging in the tree in her backyard and I know my boy Dakota was real freaking up about it and you know I had to call him check up on him and stuff like that but if you if you ever feel like you need to talk to somebody please do, you get some help Just, you don't have to tell everybody your whole situation but at least get some of it out because that stuff can take a toll on you
0: What's the most important thing someone can do for someone else experiencing thoughts of suicide?
2: Uh, I think I can answer that one. Um, One of the biggest things that really helped me still to to be a survivor, beyond my attempt was I had someone that was just there and to guide me and understanding not trying to pressure me into going to talk to people not trying to pressure me not making me feel bad about it not making me feel guilty about the things that I was trying to do but just very comforting and they were there and you know you know just motivation they just motivated me um and believe it or not <laughs> they would uh you know quote positive quotes to me you know daily you know that and 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 when i cried it was it was not too much for me to cry it wasn't an issue that i i had tears it wasn't an issue that i messed up their shirt they they were just there and that was really really the biggest benefit for me to see the light at the end of the tunnel
1: that's good christian what about you man all right so i got a real quick question for y'all before you wrap it up and this is especially for college students today. What have you found to be the most helpful tool when to coping to go ahead and try to get those thoughts about suicide off your mind?
3: I would say personally, uh, aim for your future. If you have a goal in mind, go for it. Don't let anybody try and down talk you or anything. If you know that's what you want in life, go for it. Just, you know, help it, pull for it. Don't even don't even stress it. It's gonna pay off again.
2: He's absolutely right. Um, the thing that made me feel better and confident in myself is I I would constantly not only did I go to get professional help, um, I give myself daily affirmation and I made it a goal of mine to help anybody else that I see. When I see those signs or I see people who are just like me. And I'm not talking about like color-wise. I mean when I see people that are just like me, like. When I see that they have a huge heart and they they love hard and 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 people do things to be mean and vindictive and try to tear them down, my number one goal is to always motivate them to keep them from going to that place where I was that dark place where I felt like it was like an abyss, I felt like I was in a bottomless pit, like I would never come out. And you know, a lot of people are like, you know, just go get help. That's everybody's response. This whole this the the script. Go get help. But in reality. Going to get help is not always the easiest thing because sometimes when you feel like you're in a hole, it feels like you don't have a way out. It, you, you don't see a stepping stool, you don't see a ladder, you don't see a, a rope. you don't have a SOS firework, you know It's kind of like it's almost like you're just waiting on a helping hand, just a a team of a helping hand to, to get you out. So my goal was to come out of that hole. But it took it took something for me to have that mental snap to say, I got to get out of this. I got to come out of this. I got to come out of this. Because if not, then I would have attempted again and I probably wouldn't even be here today.
1: That's good stuff right there. So we just want to go ahead. Thank you guys for just coming out and sharing your story with us. It was very inspiring. And to all of our viewers and listeners out there, uh, he word to this. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, Just try to get as much help as you possibly can. Reach out to the suicide helpline. Just do whatever you can. and Don't be afraid to talk to anybody because you may never know that the person that you might go talk to, they might be going through the same thing. Y'all might go through it together. And so always, always talk to somebody. Well, I want to thank you guys for again joining us for another episode of What If You Knew. I'm Christopher Kelly.
0: And I'm Rebecca Campbell.
1: And we're signing out. Thank you guys for joining us. See y'all later.
0: Thank you. Here at Coastal Alabama, we support healthy life decisions. A few helplines that you can call or text to receive help with opioid addiction is American Addiction Center. You can call 888 433 7792. That number again is 888 433 7792. You can call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration and that number is 1-800-662-4357. That number again is 1-800-662-4357. And if you do not want to talk on the phone, there's a few apps that you can use. One of those apps being Sober Tool, an easy way to track your days.